a buongiorno, beautiful people, and welcome to season two of the TB podcast, The Techno Beat with Trent Bice. I won't mess around too much before we get into this great first guest of this season, but before we do, I just wanted to say a couple of quick thank yous. First of all, to the producer, Julian LePep, you can find him on SoundCloud as Perspective, makes some beautiful trance. Also to SAE, in particular Darren Holcomb, who helped guide us through our creating season one of the podcast. To follow along with everything we discuss in this episode, you can go to trentoff.com and to see the photos that I discuss with our special guest, you go to trentoff.com slash, oh, I can't really say it because that's going to give away who the guest is, but then I guess you've clicked on it so you already know. It's trentoff.com slash leeboy. You can also subscribe to the TV podcast on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. There's a playlist of all the TV podcasts, as well as some of my recent live DJ sets, including the spectacular event from Handlebar, Dark Night, just before Christmas in Bendigo, and most recently at Porn & Co's Eat Out 2, featuring my little set upstairs with Al Smucho himself, Adam Wicks. All images can also be found on the TB Podcast Facebook page. So as we play our little game of show and tell, you can follow along there. We've got a massive season unfolding. We recorded two podcasts with some absolute superstars of not only the Melbourne, but international techno scene. So strap yourself in for this beauty with Lee Boy and wait till you see our surprise special guests in episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Embrace the fang. Making his way to the mic, five foot ten, from Lawn High School, <laughs> it's the new style, and we putting it on wax. Shout out to the Beastie Boys and Jalen and Jacoby, this young man is a Leo, and he is one half of the current melodic techno champions of the Australian Doof, <laughs> representing your Recovery Collective, Ulta and Euphoria Blitz. Now hailing from Geelong, it's Lee! <laughs> Mr. Lee Rig, welcome to the TB Podcast Studio. So those that want to play along at home, uh, we've got Mr. Lee Boy here, uh, one half of the group Hands Down and Lee Boy, or duo, I suppose. Um, if you want to look at his sexy mug whilst uh, we're chatting away here, you can catch him on Instagram at Lee underscore boy. Also Facebook at Lee Boy Rig or SoundCloud at Lee Boy, all one word. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey man, how are you? Great to have you here. Yeah, it's um, good to be here. My dad's name is also Lee, so I sometimes refer to you as dad. <laughs> so if throughout this episode you hear me call him dad, um, I'm talking to you, mate. Yeah. Cool. Um, so Lee and Shan, um, Shan was... Uh, episode one, season one, guest one. So I just thought naturally for the start of 2019, season two, we talk to you, but we're not going to talk about Shan too much because he talked about you too much, but we're probably going to talk more about your career before Shan because I guess um, a lot of people know what you guys are about now and you're, you're absolutely killing it, which is a testament to all the work you guys have put in. Thanks, man. Um, but let's, uh, I want to learn a little bit more about, about how you guys got to meet. So we'll get to that soon, but first of all, um, 
coming off a massive rainbow serpent. Yeah. Um, I've got three quick questions for you though. Yep. When's your birthday? Uh, 26th of July. Birthplace? Uh, Footscray. <laughs> and who's the love of your life? Um, Laura King. Ooh, so, okay. Yeah. I love my mum as well. Oh, look at that. Before we get into your, uh, I guess, how you got to where you were, Rainbow Serpent, um, just a couple of weekends ago, uh, across Australia Day, uh, Shannon, yourself, it was your debut there, hailed by many uh, other performers and those from around the festival and organisers as one of the best sets at Rainbow, if not the best, um, I believe. <laughs> uh, you played at 5.30 on the market stage, 5.30am Sunday morning. Uh, slotted after Victor Ruiz, who unfortunately couldn't end up making it, so you played after Juliet Fox, is that right? Yep. Um, so for those that weren't there, just describe what the vibe was like. There's some um, awesome photos and vids actually on the boys' Instagram pages, so get on there and check that one out. Um, yep. We'll probably post a few up and some links as well. But yeah, just, I guess, A, let's describe the vibe of the event then first, and then I guess you prep going into it. Um, well, I mean, I've been prepping for that my whole life, you know. Yeah. Um, that's my background. So I guess I've been attending the festival for you know, seven or eight years, yep. and it's always been such a like a big thing for me, you know. So I was always very um, not scared, but very like intimidated by the festival, and I was not rushing into wanting to play it, you know. And we got lucky enough to um, to get booked to play by Thad, which was. Yeah, like, like, I mean, unbelievable. I remember when you guys told me you <laughs> yeah. but you, you say you're lucky enough. I don't think it's luck because you've put in a lot of hard work. Um, yeah. But one thing but, I do also recall is you, you guys said that it's not an event you wanted to apply for because you wanted to kind of earn it on your own merit. So I guess that, yeah. well, I guess share the, I guess, uh, the feelings when, when Thad did invite you guys to come along and then obviously the slot that you got. Yeah, well, he actually told us mid-set, so it was like probably not the best time to tell us. So where, where were you playing? <laughs> we were playing. Um, we were supporting Thomas um, Schumacher. Yeah, at Brown morning, Alley. Yeah, for morning yep. after, and it was a it was a big show, and um, yeah, like I've been listening to um, Thomas is like an old. I've got a lot of his old records from yep. ten years ago, you know. So yeah, do you have a favourite track of Thomas? Um, oh, not really. Bang banger. Yeah. It's really <laughs> <laughs> I've got some mad like I've got some mad old school vinyls. I have to flick through it and show yeah. you one day. But anyway, um, yeah. So, play, you know, jumping on me and Shannon were playing sort of mid kind of set, and mm -hmm. Thad came up behind. Shannon came up behind me and was like, "Oh, look, go talk to Thad." Yeah. And um, yeah, we got the news there and then, and I was like, sort of froze up. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was kind of surreal, and and um, yeah. So leading up to the festival, I mean, I I was like really, really um really nervous but completely completely you know prepared with sort of everything that yeah that was the pinnacle i guess yeah so do you guys um when you when you're prepping a set like that um yeah. or, or even any of your, of your other ones do you kind of pick out a few big songs that you want to sort of get to and work your way there or do you plan what you uh, want from the start and read the vibe or well say so like it's it's completely structured yep so we um i mean it's not like a club gig i guess where, yeah sure yeah you know, a club gig's what we sort of do is because we, we just that's why we we work really well together obviously yep. so um and that's that's what's natural about it. So, um, I I know we just know what we're gonna do, and that's why it works mm -hmm. so well. Um, but we sort of free flow, you know, in clubs. But Rainbow sure. was completely structured. For, yep. We wanted to bring up the sunrise. Yeah. And um, yeah, and and then just close it off with two of our like all time favorite songs, which is mm -hmm. un unbelievable, man. Yep. So so we won't give away what, what you closed with because people can jump on the SoundCloud. Oh, they, and, they, and have and have a listen. I think yeah. you had a couple of thousand plays within the first day or two of going up. Well, the last song I played has been um, 
a big part of my life. Like just one of those songs, I guess that you know has always everything sort of yeah. Oh, well, clicks, which, you know? which, one, which one was that one? Then? It's blank by Yoris Vaughan. Yeah, of course. And it's on, on his incident incident album mm-hmm. from like I think it's probably about eight or nine years old now. Yeah. and it's still today one of the best. Yeah. So um, did you guys have to have much? Um, discussion over that one, and you just knew well, that that was the one that you were going to yeah, have. Yeah, and we we, did, we didn't listen to it, uh, like we didn't want to listen to it, and then yeah. sort of like when the moment came. Yeah, and um, Shannon was like, you know, yeah, you've always said you want to play it on market stage, yeah. and like, look, you're here, man. So did he, did he, let, you, did he let you mix it in? Hey, did he let you mix it in? Yeah, of course. Yeah, for, that's it. That's it's what's my about. song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. since Rainbow, uh, the first key you played was this weekend, just gone. With at Revolver Sundays, Primitive People presents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was with Shan. Um, yep. How was that day? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm good friends with all the guys from the, the Primitive guys yep. as well. And um, so, like with anything they they get going, we love to support you do yourself as well. Yeah, no, it was it was great to be part of uh, a part of the gig earlier yesterday. Yeah, and they and they've kind of worked on the same lineup, haven't they? The, stru- yeah. the structure as well, and they get me and Shan to sort of do a two-hour kind of closing. Mm. And. Um, yeah, it's always good, especially, yeah. and they always pull a good crowd. And yeah, and it's great to see like uh, groups like that that help. I guess people like me get a chance and, and yeah. develop other different artists. Like um, obviously, Wixie, Adam Weeks, and Brenton Chan, yep. um, who are part of the Primitive group, Will, along with Will, Will Summers. Summers. Yep. Yeah, um, obviously, Sammy Lamarca played as well. Joseph Connors played at some of their events before. Jai Mills. Yep. Um, so it's great that um, I guess they are bringing new new names into the scene as some such as yourself. I guess they're progressing yeah. up to those bigger gigs. I guess that's why. I guess. Um, that's kind of like when we first met them. I mean, they're very passionate, passionate mm. guys, and they, yep. they they take what they do seriously. Yeah. And um, they they want to be at a at a level that's kind of like you know, we like that we we work with. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're all about it, man. Yep. So if we can come and like um, and you know help them, yeah. provide a good like relaxed vibe for them, you know, yep. like and they respect that and I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah, and all those boys have been in action again. Uh, it was a nice little bridge weekend this weekend before Babylon next week. You guys yep. are there yourself, which we'll talk a bit, a bit more about the upcoming uh, gigs later on, but yep. um, just a nice little uh, catch-up gig, uh, I guess a bit of a decompression from Rainbow whilst a bit of a psych-up for Babylon in between. So uh, it was good fun. Thanks to all the boys and, and Brian and the crew at Revolver as well for for having us all down there. Yeah. Um, but you're not just all about techno because the week between Rainbow and yesterday... Well, you tell us about the uh, the couple of gigs you went to because this shows that Lee Boy um, does have a bit of a heart, but also a bit more of a wild side, um, and I guess also indicates a bit of your musical range when it comes to to uh, your history of, of gigs you've played as well. So, so where did you go last week? Oh, well, I, I went and saw Phil Collins and Amy Park. Yep. Amy Park, I think. Yeah. Yep. And um, so who, who did you go along there with? We have my, I actually went with my um, my mum and dad mm-hmm. and my sister, and my brother, and um. I don't get to see them that, that often, so it was. So where, where do they live now? Um, well, my mum and dad live down down south. You know, yep. um, probably about two three hours from Melbourne. Yep. Is that Donald? It's Colac? near Colac, yeah. Yep, yep. It's out in the bush, kind of, and they've kind of retired down there. Sure. Um, my little brother, he's um, from Lawn. Mm-hmm. Lawn, and my sister's actually from up up north. So oh, cool. I don't see her, I don't see her a few times yep. if I'm lucky a year. Yeah, I think Joey and his brother are there as well. And of course, yeah, yep. Joey and his brother. Laura, go. And Laura, yep. yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, got, I got stuck on the family. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, so what was that gig like? Obviously, uh, in uh, the air tonight, highlight song, any other big big points that stuck out to you? Um, well, uh, the opening song is, um, you're, you know, you're the only one mm-hmm. who ever knew me at all, you know? So yep. take a look at me now. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, as soon as it came on, um, yeah, I just, like, 
got so emotional. Yeah. Because it's like my whole chop. Yeah. It's what I love, man. And Phil Collins is a drummer as well. And be, yep. being it, my yep. background is a session drummer. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah. Like, was always tuned in on Genesis, you know, and stuff like that. Back mm. in the day, I had all the old records and used mm. to just like sit in my shed for hours. And so, like, it, I was, I didn't know what to expect. And when it came on, especially with that track. Yeah, sure. I just like started in front of my whole family, just started like, you know, <laughs> tearing up. <laughs> yeah. It makes me like you know emotional now thinking about it because yep. you know it's like my, been my whole life. My dad's a really big fan as well. Yep. Um, producer Julian, did you work with that? Uh, yes. I oh, yep. I yep. saw Produce, it. Producer yeah. Julian, perspective on SoundCloud. Uh, um, welcome yeah. to the season, Julian. Thanks for being here. Woo! <laughs> Julian. Yep. So happy to be here. I love yep. you, Julian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you enjoyed the gig, I guess, oh, yeah, from your yeah, side. Yeah. Yep. But I was more working behind the scene. Yep. Setting everything up and packing up stuff. So. Awesome. Fantastic and good crew to work with. Oh yeah. Yep. Always big power. Yep. That's, that's Did you meet big. Phil? No, we saw him though. he was pretty busy. Well, he's getting old now, so I feel like that was probably did, the last. Did you feel his Collins? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so after um, after Phil Collins, uh, what was the next? What was the next year into, bro? Uh, so what actually happened was um, Laura secretly because um, I'm a massive Prodigy fan, huge Prodigy yep. fan. Um, have been since I was probably the first. Um, electronic sort of mm-hmm. that and homework by Daft Punk when I was probably at 13. Yeah. So, you know, 20 years ago. And, um, yeah, so, like, I'd, I've, I've seen him over the years, but I haven't seen him for a good 10 years. And I've always I said to Laura, you know, like, you've got to see, you know, you've got to see the prodigy. So she bought me tickets at Christmas and it was on the same day as Phil Collins. So we're like, oh, oh shit. So we sold, we sold the tickets and then we bought ones for Sydney. So we went and saw Phil and then, like, at four in the morning, flew to Sydney, <laughs> had a bit of a nap, and then yeah. yeah, just cruised and watched them play. And it was actually better because it was like a smaller which sta- were, stadium. Which venue was it? A, a um, it, it, uh, it was, that was a stadium. Yeah, it was one of the, it was, a, it was at Olympic Park. I'm yeah, not sure okay. exactly what yep. it's called. Um, we it was, like, was kind of like it was kind of like Rod Lab, Rod Lab. Yeah, we were right yeah. up the front. Yeah, I see. Yeah, um, and yeah, that was like, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was unreal. It was sick. Not so subtle plug, but I um, got my debut set at Circus on the weekend, and the second song I played was the Victor remix of uh, Firestar. Oh, Firestar, it went yeah. off its head. Yeah, never planned to play it, and just like, oh, this is the yeah. time. They vibed it. Yeah, and um, I remember actually seeing Prodigy at Big Day Out. It must have been oh, yeah, a bit well, over 10 years ago. That's where Laura had seen him before, and she'd yeah. seen him there, but that's different. Mm. I think it was yeah. Julia Banks jumped on stage during the gig. Yeah, right, cool. Mm. Yeah, um, that's like still good, but... You know, it's not the same. This was like the real fans, like yeah, it's like a full view. Yeah. Fucking you know, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, like um, the, no, si- the system mate, was was absolutely pumping. Do not do not center yourself on the pod. Yeah, um, <laughs> I swear a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you had a uh, a pretty fun weekend by, by the sounds of it last weekend, and then a, a nice one here at Revs. And next week we're up at Babylon. Um, I asked a few different people just what questions that I should ask you throughout this one. Do you flick balloon? <laughs> I do flick balloon. <laughs> do you flick balloon? <laughs> uh, Joseph, Joseph Connors out there, I'm sure he's flicking balloon. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you uh, used to be a session drummer. That's going to be your promo point, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned you were a session drummer, uh, which Shannon, he, um, he also started in the drumming background. So uh, I, I guess how did you start out as a musician how did how did you get into drumming and and how has that progressed into what you do now oh uh, cool all right um <laughs> long uh, question yeah, i haven't like yeah i haven't really all right. first of all how old were you when you started drumming oh so i was i was 15. 
Yep. So, um, so I used to be like, um, I was really, really, um, not bad at school. I just had a really bad, um, attention span. And so I was always in the naughty corner kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, so my, you know, schooling wasn't very good, but I was always really good at, um, art. Yeah. You know? So I was like, when I was in grade prep, you know, I was like, um, hanging out, you know, they'd put me in like the grade six, you know, art class mm -hmm. just, to, I guess. You, know, you were in year nine at the time. I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a great prep, you know. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't show I couldn't tie my shoelaces, but I could draw a shark, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so um, by the time I was fifteen, I was um having I was a very like um, uh, like angry. I was very angry. I, I think kind mm -hmm. of like I used to have a short temper. Yeah. So they um they put me through a bunch of you know as schools do like management plans whatever. Yeah. And one of the suggestions was you know beat the drums mm -hmm. Take yeah. out. so second session in uh, um everyone's doing paradiddles and mama dadas and stuff and, I, and at the end of the session i was playing killing in the name of with my, <laughs> drum, with my drumming teacher yeah and all the kids were lined up i still remember it and yeah. um the teacher just rang my mum and just said look you know yeah. he's he's a natural yeah um maybe you should look at you know doing this and mum and that were like well we can't you know can't afford it or whatever yeah. and um most people have that yeah I, I, yeah I was like um kind of not really at home that that way as much you know, it's kind of a long story but um they um bought me like an old an old like tama you know tama mm -hmm. the brand an old tama kit and um oh yeah so just i just used that was my like escape and then i just never picked up a pencil again and just Became like a full time drummer and just immersed myself in like you know, in in that's what I what I did. I saw next you know I had full head head of dreadlocks and <laughs> was wearing you know like, you know Cypress Hill long sleeve t shirts with marijuana leaves all over it <laughs> and ripped jeans. You know like really like and like started like listening to like a, a lot of old grunge. You know, yeah. and like a lot of um progressive rock like big Tool fan. You know yeah, stuff like sure. really um. Yeah, even like Rush and stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. going through my dad's old stuff. Yeah. So like just immerse myself in it and just, you know, just used to just drum for, that's yeah. all I used to do for. I guess some of those old grunge bands like that, how, how do you think they like impact, I guess, what you what you play now or even when you go into your production, which we'll get to soon, mm. but the way that they progress the song, I guess, do you think you've just subconsciously taken that in or is that something you look at how they structure their tunes and kind of, Reflect that, do you think, or? Yeah, well, I'm a big progressive fan. Yeah. That's why I guess I like tool and stuff. Yeah, sure. And I like emotion. I like emotion as well, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm really into it. And a bit of intelligence in songs as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I'm a big Bonnevere bon fan, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I really, I like I like things that sort of touch on, on, on a certain feeling yeah. that we find hard to find, you know? Yeah. And that's where I find kind of found it through music, which helped me with my... um. Helped me kind of relaxed into my adulthood, I guess. Yeah, cool. definitely. Yeah. And it sort of brought me into a world where, um, you know, I was started hanging out with musicians as well a yeah. lot more. So did you join a band or um, did yeah, you just I used like to get in touch with the studio and start helping? Them yeah, out? I did all that. Um, I started. I started like I made my. Own, I had heaps of bands. My first band was called Makeshift. <laughs> and our first song was called Circular Hate. <laughs> and we were just like a thrash band, you know. And I just picked, I just picked a couple of kids that I knew were like, same as me kind of, and mm -hmm. and, the, and the teachers were like, oh, he's shit at school, so just let's just let him play in the music room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Literally, and I, and I, yeah, I just 
just started doing that and yep. and that that's how it all unfolded for the next couple of years after that where it unfolded into what I'm doing now. Yep, so um, how long did that take you until I guess you started in the club scene? Well, or did I, you play I a lot of house parties or something? Or like? No, nah, well, because I was living down in Lawn at the time. Yeah. And yeah, that was back in the day when like, um, you know, I used to think, I used to like go and collect, you know, Carl Cox CDs. That yep. My mate's mum was a bit of a tripper, you know, mm. she like, introduced us into these you know yeah. and I was just obsessed with them we'd dance in the backyard and yeah. <laughs> you know like we were just like the start becoming like so that's how you started to DJ nah nah that's not how it started to DJ so like um I was a producer first mm-hmm. so um yeah I remember I met I started going once I was about 18 yeah I started going to raves and stuff and um started well, in, in lawn no nah, I used to go to like Corral Castle and yeah okay I remember my, my first club gig was Carl Cox at Room 680. Oh, really? Six-hour set. How old were you then? I just turned 18. Yeah. I remember I turned 18, I had to ring Ticket Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, just, I tickets. was just like, oh, you know. I was in that first club gig you went to or yeah. you played at? I was like, no, as soon as I turned watch. 18, I was yeah. like, rang up Ticket Tech because yeah. we didn't have yeah, internet, the yeah. internet, you know. And um, it's like Motorola flip phones just came out, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and Dash is like, well, you're in luck, you know. And then two months' time, he's doing a 1,000-person show almost sold out so even though so there was always been like this mad underground you know in melbourne and then i didn't even know about it and um yeah like so that must be what about 2004 yeah yeah i remember ticket tech um like when tickets to the like footy grand finals or like big games for basketball finals or something to come out you used to we used, in bendigo we used to have to go down to pounties the news agent and you people would be lining up at monday morning like out the door um, so now it's all just now it's all just make sure you know where to click your mouse on the screen at the right time or pre-order them or something. Mm. Um, so, Carl Cox was your first club gig you went to. What was your first DJ gig? Oh, so, um, so this this is cool how I did this. So like I used to have like you know like a widescreen, you know like um, PC computer. Yeah. Had like sixty four mega you know megabytes of RAM, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so you said you were a producer first. So yeah, was it like so what happened, I had, I had this friend and they were all, they all had a program called Fruity Loops, Yeah. if you know Fruity Loops. Yeah. And this was like back when it was like number, I don't even think three was out. Yeah. And I think they're up to 10 now or something like that. And um, anyway, so these guys, were, they were just, you know, back, you know, used to have, used to have to type in formulas and stuff, mm. you know, and, um, but for just beat layouts. Anyway, my mate, he gave me the program and I just sat there for days, man, made, because I was just, I don't know, like I, like I said, I've just always had an understanding. I didn't, and I didn't have, I didn't teach myself. I was just like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a techno song. It has to sound like this, you know? So I'd made all these songs and, and then, um, yeah, I, I got, I ended up getting Tractor 2. That's how old it is. How weird is that? <laughs> Tractor 2 is out. What's Tractor up to now? Like they tried to make three, but it was just shit. So they just. Kept number two, and people still just use two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So that that program's like been, yeah. How weird, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like probably fifteen or so years. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, um, I remember, you know, no headphones, just a mouse, and I was like, you know, I like had knew my way around it. And I'm, I, my my mentality is just like anything. It's like, you know, you got just like as long as it sounds like Carl Cox or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be. Doesn't that, matter how you get that, there. That, yeah, it just has to be that good, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, my first gig was um, there's a place called Costas in Lawn, and um, it's just like a little, like uh, restaurant kind of thing in the, near the foreshore, and um, it was, I, I was living down um down there with a cu- and there was a couple of guys there, 
good, a really one of my best mates who I met down there. Um, me and him were hanging out heaps, and we were like really into drum and bass, and and you know whatever. I used to just sit there and make tunes, and he'd just sit there and listen, and you know smoke weed and just chill out. Yep. And um, so one day it was at the middle of winter. You gotta remember, the lawn got had fifty thousand people overnight. And then they all just go, you know, for like two months of the mm. yard. And then it's just like quiet, man. Yeah. And they just sort of live off like small amounts of people coming in. Yeah. But then there's this whole town of just people with nothing to do. So I just, um, I don't know how, I think I just put a, a fire up or it was just word of mouth even. Yeah. And I just took my computer with the fat screen yeah. and the mouse and I hired like, you know, like just a basic PA system yeah. with a sub. And sat my computer like on the sub, yeah. and just and had the whole club start and just like had all these tunes, you know. Yeah. And I remember the last song I played was um, "It's Like That," you know, by Run DMC. And that's the way you. Yeah. 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 I looked. Oh. Up, I looked up, and the whole the whole place was full. Yeah. At a restaurant, and like all it was that full, man. Like the windows. Yeah. Were fully fogged up, <laughs> and I didn't even like. I didn't even like. I must have just been in the know, zone. In the zone, yeah. and I looked up, and I was just like, like fuck. This is sick. <laughs> like, and I think that's that was the moment I was hooked. Yeah. I could definitely relate to the um, hauling the old computer around. I started doing the DJing and the music announcing eventually. Ah, oh, sorry, the court announcing at the, at the Bendigo basketball games yeah. when I was about 17. And the, they used to just play tapes, like cassette tapes or CDs. And then it became like once or twice a weekend, I'd haul mum and dad's desktop computer, put them in the old big like Australia Post box things, put the big screen in like 15, 16 inch monitor, call all it down, set it up, have everything loaded up. But um, Geez, kind of gear around's a bit different back then to what yeah, it is now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing as well. Like, even like before I started making beats, I used to just sit there in front of the radio. Oh, and you record and just record, and I used to like have these. hundreds of mixtapes, you know. Yeah, and they You'd would just be like, they'd be all like, the ads and all the shit. Yeah, yeah. But that's the only way because you couldn't yeah. find, you couldn't like find a song. Yeah. So like you'd have um. I used to have the, I used to have literally man boxes of them. Oh. I'd have them somewhere, and boxes of them. Um, uh, and just like it'd just be take one, yeah, 50, 50 oh. seconds of of a track, you know. Yeah, and they were sick. You used to listen to them in the car, you know. Yep. Oh man, that was so good. Yeah, yeah. I wish I still had. Uh, uh, but like, you, you never knew what song was going to come on, so you hit record. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, oh, it's a shit one. So you'd have to stop, rewind the tape, get it ready for the next one. And yeah. oh, it's fuck, it's an add-on. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, obviously I was going. Yeah, obviously been collecting music yeah. my whole life. Yeah. So um. Did you so? Did you get into because I know you like love rap and your hip hop. Yeah. Did you get into that before like the Carl Cox stuff or was that kind of? No, see that, that's that's my roots, eh? Yeah, right. So my dad, my mum's like a disco baby, you know, <laughs> and my dad's a full rocker. Yeah. And they're both from England, yep. so they were both like heavy into like the like mods and mm-hmm. rock, rockers scene and that. And so that did they know. meet over there or here? No, they met here. Yeah. Okay. But um, <laughs> fuck going back. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, yeah. So they 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 live here, I guess. Um, but my dad, when he moved over, had four younger brothers, mm-hmm. and um, like they come from a bit of a old school English kind of family, I guess. And um, the youngest brother, who's my uncle, yeah, was I think he was, I don't know, he was thirteen or something. What's his name? David. Uncle Dave. Uncle Dave. Yeah, and like say, so, shout out because he was young. Yep. And um. He was he was like, you know, to your Western age. a Westie, cool. you know, yeah. proper oh, yeah. old school nineties Westie, yeah. uh, you know, graffiti artist, the whole lot. Um, 
and I was just his little protege, really. <laughs> so yeah, he, he like yeah, like I was wearing, <laughs> I was wearing. He was putting like overalls on, you know, backwards like crisscross yeah. and stuff. You know? <laughs> and like we used to wear starter caps and yeah, and all that. Like I was like six, you know, <laughs> and like stealing caramello koalas and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he was just like completely like fully into the nineties hip hop scene. So um, and he taught me, you know, it's like you can't have a stereo system without bass. You know what I mean? You have to have subbies. Cars have to have subbies. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is how you... Everything, everything from, like, how you treat women and mm-hmm. how you you have to look fresh, respectful, you know, all this stuff, you know. So, yeah. like, I was, as a young kid, I was just, like, completely... That's just how I rolled, I guess. Yeah. So, like, my first tape was the ODB LP. Yeah. Yeah, you know, ooh, baby, I like it raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm like talking about? Raw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had that, and I remember he gave me um, Temples of Boom. Mm-hmm. Cypress Hill, which is number three, which is still, you know, illusions and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember my dad used to come in and hear me listening to it and he used to take it off me <laughs> and, like, and hide it. Yeah. He, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know what a bong was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but do, like, do you now? <laughs> 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 no, Trent. <laughs> um. Yeah, so that was kind of like I was just so obviously, and at the same stage, I had I was just, I was like my dad was giving me like I had listen, we he used to always chuck on like Phil and you know Metallica, mm. and like you know because he was a rocker. It's amazing so, how much influence you get from your parents, isn't it? Like yeah. you're just driving around. I went on a little road trip and we were pumping Aussie Crawl the whole time, yeah. just like getting nostalgic. Well, when I was a kid, man, my mum used to trip out because. Every morning, I, I used to, all I used to do, mum reckons I used because I didn't sleep much when I was a kid, because mm. I was like, I was a bit high. <laughs> so it hasn't changed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to sleep in. <laughs> hey, um, and like, mum, or even says, yeah, from a young age, I was just like, just, I'd just sit there and watch video hits and watch Rage. Mm. And mum, I'd start like saying a song before it came on the radio. Yeah. And mum had this moment where, you know, I was, I was real young and she thought, oh, Lee can tell. Nah. But she didn't realise they were just playing the same, same circulation. Song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, same rotation. Yeah, yeah. rotation, you know what I mean? Yes. And I was that yeah. tuned into it that like, yeah. you know, they have like boys to men would come on into the road or something. <laughs> it's like, mum, they're playing it like a hundred times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Bound to come on. <laughs> well, you've been one in four chance usually, guess yeah. it's the same one. Yeah, but I was completely um, in fat, just infatuated with, with music and yeah. every every time I hear something new I just throw myself into it you know yeah um, and that's kind of yeah even when I was drawing and stuff I was still always yeah. listening to music yeah so Phil Collins Prodigy Cypress Hill and ODB Carl Cox how have those influenced and I guess adapted your sound oh sorry and influenced your sound now um and then how did that lead to, I guess, where was your first club gig? Um, so um, when I was 20, 21, mm-hmm. I moved to Melbourne yep. by myself. Um, and because I, I, following, I had like a bit of a tragic incident with a friend of mine who passed away. Um, and he, I was um, being a kind of a street kid my whole life, I was... Um, he was, you know, it was like me and him, you know. So when, yeah. and like, you know, so he was, he kind of believed in me and he used to love listening to my tunes and stuff just naturally, you know. What was his name? Benny. Ben. Yep, Ben. Yeah. Benjamin Arkansas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was really tragic and I, I took it really hard. Yeah, because you would be. Yeah, and, um, but 
on a on a good note, what I just went well, you know, Benny said, you know, you're, he loved what I did and yeah. I should do it, and we had no platform to do it. We didn't know what we were doing, mm-hmm. so I just like I just kind of met a couple of people in Melbourne, rolled up, started partying with them, yep. moved into a house, and then I used to just like. <laughs> cruise around the city by myself, you know, find myself a revolver on Sunday morning, <laughs> listening to the sunshine, and, yep. you know, and books and stuff. <laughs> like a lot of uh, people probably in similar situations this, these days still do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I did that for years by myself. And yeah. um, in, in those years, I um, I started my first residency at this, uh, Angler's Tavern in Footscray. Yep. Uh, that was my first, like, I had to do like four hours there, get a free Palmer, 250 bucks. And, <laughs> and um. I got, and then I started my first proper club residency at Circus Fridays. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm going to hold you there. Yeah. Because um, we do play a little game as we've had in the previous season of Show and Tell. So what I'm going to do for the listeners at home is post all these photos on um, the Facebook page, which is the TV podcast, or type in Trent Bias or Techno Beat, and it should come up in your search. Uh, or also go to trentoff.com, and there'll be a TV podcast link at the top. Uh, the link will also be in the comments section of this on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And the photos that we talk about here is you can play along. So then that way we kind of know what we get. But I haven't shown Lee which photos we're going to look at. Oh, no. We've had one of him DJing at Fake Chow, which is one of the clubs we'll get to soon up uh, in the room as he walked in. Um, but so first of all, we've got one from Circus. We've got a couple from Circus. Uh, Julian's just going to get them up for us now. But I guess you mentioned on Revolver and like, I guess that, that's the beauty of Revolver too, isn't it? The self-esteem that that place can help generate and the connections you can make through there. It's been yeah, doing yeah. it for years. Yeah. Okay. So this is Circus. <laughs> so um, just to put it in perspective, we've got you DJ, you've got a black top on, the, just as bright hat, drinking a stubby on the decks. Who are you mixing with there, mate? So that's um, one of my closest friends, um, Luke James, and his DJ name was Luke Warm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, still a really, really good friend of mine. Yep. And, um, don't get to see him that often, but cool. Um, and we've got another one of circus as well. Yeah. Um, so just want to just, uh, yeah, continue where you're at there with how that came about and I guess where, where you went from there. So yeah, I think it's the same night, isn't it? Yeah, the same night, just in yeah. the background there with a few. Oh yeah, how's the hairstyles? <laughs> All right. That's great, isn't it? So what, um, what year is this? Oh, uh, well, yeah, oh, I don't even, probably 10, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. so like 2009, sort of. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 2009 sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so you started playing at Circus. Well, how's how they got the, the back wall and stuff? Yeah. It's all different now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, so you started playing at Circus and then, and then um, where else from there? Oh, so, um, yeah, so I started working with with those guys and helping out with events and stuff. Um, yep. Started getting, like, you know, little club gigs all over the, all over the mm-hmm. shop, 161 here and there when I was lucky enough yep. to play there because um, I used to love that venue. Yeah. Still do. Yeah. I think Julian's um, got a picture for one of the other ones. Oh, it's oh, a bit, no. bit zoomed out. Um, yeah. Uh, go the. Yeah, that's Corova. So that, that's not you, though, is it? That's me, yeah. Oh, that, that's you? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that was uh, where you went next? Uh, well, yeah, so um, we started, uh, my mate um, bought into a little venue called Corova, which is at the top of Burke Street. Yep. Near Parliament House. And um, they were basically just had a clean slate kind of thing. So we started Corova Saturdays there and um, we didn't have much to work with. It was only a small venue. And I worked there, yeah, from from there, you know, just worked with, like, we worked with Tramp and yep. jung- before Jungle started, we helped, you know, with 
um, yeah, when, when we used to close at six in the morning, we'd sort of just bring everyone to jungle naturally. Yeah. It's the only place to really go, all revs. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I was kind of really part of that, like, um, yeah, that scene. And yeah. Any other names, I guess, that are still synonymous in the game today that, that played back then? Or who else was at Crover on the card with you? Well, when I started there, that was before yep. I even met Shannon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, it's before I, because I'm a bit old, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's not many people I could tell you that are sort of my age. They're still that, 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 that I was sort of rolling with. There is. There's a lot of people in the scene, but I guess, um, yeah, like because I was working for Corova as well. Yep. Um, I was the host there and helped with the bookings and just general, you know, management of the whole venue. Yeah. Um, it was me and, and a few other guys. So that one was called Jurassic the Night, was no, it? No, Jurassic. Was, was that, no, that's that James Gilliatt. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's the a photographer? The photographer, yeah. Yep. Which um, we'll, I'll, I'll shout yeah. out to him for so there's later. Cro- yeah, so there's Crove Saturdays. There was Mischief in the Milk Bar there too, wasn't there? That was way before Mischief. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I, went, so I was there for about three, three and a half years, I think, four mm. years of my life, ho- every, every weekend pretty much hosting. Yeah. And um, that's when I met Shannon and, you know, like Keish and yeah. all, all of them, man. Like yeah. that, everyone came through Crove at one point in time. Yep. I think we've got another, uh, next, next picture <laughs> for you. Yeah. Oh, that's a revolver. Oh, that's in the cage. My first gig at Revolver, yeah. Yeah, and that's with uh, Bongers. With Bongers, yeah. Yeah, you've got a remix with him. Bongani's is... another one, another guy yep. you know, that I met at Crover. Yep. Do you want to quickly make, um, plug your, your remix with Bongers? It's on the SoundCloud? Oh, the Cytify one. Yeah. Yeah. It's sick. Yeah, it is. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We played yeah. it earlier before you, um, as you were coming in. It's, yeah. um, anyone check it out. Yeah, it's cool. It's, a, it's me and hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. How long ago did you make that? Oh, it's a few years ago now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Two years ago, I think. Yeah, where's this one? Um, this one, I, the only thing I've got about that's this really, one. See, that's really old. This is Lee, just plain black tea. Looks like you've got the block. The t- have you got tips here or is it just the lighting in the. Have I got t- like, nah, blonde I, tips in your hand? I think yeah. I'm just really young. Give us a rock signal. That was, that was, that, that was from 2010. <laughs> I look healthy. I, I actually know that one I didn't know where that was from or when. Most of the other ones sort of had a date on them. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that might have been from um, TFU or something. Yeah, right. It looks like TFU photo, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's on the old one thousands as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can look young there. <laughs> okay, so now let's talk about this one. You mentioned um, that Corova was before you met Shannon. So this one, you guys have got your masquerade marks on. Look at us in love with each other as ever. Well, this is a whole. We we, we don't want to talk about Shan too much because like Shan talked about himself for over ninety minutes, and but the yeah. way we're going, I reckon you're going to blow him out by a mile anyway. Yeah. Um, but I guess but. I'm going to sit back. You tell me how you met Shan. And, yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah, I guess first, how, how did you meet him and, and then how did you become a, a bit of a dynamic duo of the techers? Well, you, you gotta, you, um, there's two different sort of um, stages in my music career. And mm-hmm. the original, the first stage was um, how we became really good friends yep. and uh, how we met. And that lasted for... You know, probably about three or four years, five years or something, four years. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, oh, cheers, by the way. Cheers, man. Yep. Um, Shannon, I met Shannon. It was pretty funny, actually. So um, I was already promoting at the club for a couple of years at this stage. And, and then Shannon kind of rolled in when he was about 18. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> full, yeah, so he can't, you could tell he comes straight from the hardcore scene and um, char- characters you could imagine. And, um, yeah, I guess, like, we just... Really, um, you know, I, he was just always keen, so keen, yeah. and um, 
you know, instantly we just became like, you know, buddies, I guess, you know, with a bunch of other, handful of other crew, you know. So which club was it? This is at Crowbar. So this is yeah. like when Zach DiPetro first started yeah. and he used to play with Ricky Gara. Yeah. And um, they were so young and they used to, yeah, so they were like playing kind of like Dutch house, mm-hmm. that kind of style. But Shannon had this, this whole edge where he was like, gonna play like big room dubstep you know yeah so he'd be rocking up to, to clubs and you know playing like skrillex and <laughs> which i like i said you know me being like a mad bass lover yeah. i was already all over it yeah so you know we just we just hit it off straight away i guess you know and um i was always sort of like looked out for him and yeah it's just you know we just became good friends and then we hanged out a lot anyway so then uh, up until I was about 27, I had um, bunch, a bunch of unfortunate events, we'll just say, mm-hmm. which forced me to um, have to move away from Melbourne. Yep. And um, which was crushing, you know, because yep. I'd been, like, after, move, after moving up there, after my ben, my mate passed away, it's sort of all, all, I, all I knew. It's yeah. All, it's just who I was, you know. Yep. And I had no, like... I had no passion to be like famous DJ or whatever. Mm. Like I've always had a saying, you know, I've never wanted to be seen as the best, just part yeah. of the big picture. Yeah, sure. You know, and um, so that was kind of just like what I sort of worked for, you know. So I like put a lot of effort and stuff like that. So I put a lot of effort and time and um, lost a lot of sleep and, yeah. you know, and we partied a lot. And, and um, yeah, so I moved away and, and I didn't see Shannon for about, yeah. Uh, upwards up to almost a year. Okay. And, um, yeah, I didn't see a lot of people for, for a while. So was he living in Melbourne? He was in Melbourne. Yeah, he was yeah. in Melbourne. So, and, um, anyway, um, I basically, I was lucky enough to meet a, a guy named Aaron Cashin. Um, where he was like the job? creator of Fake Chair and oh, right. the current, current, um, booking agent and creator of Bloom. Shout out to Az. Shout out to Az. Yeah, he's so, like, such a legend, you know. And, um, so like, this is after I kind of just lost everything, you know, and like it really crushed me. And um, I was still making a lot of tunes by myself, um, just and that's the only thing I'd sort of connected. But I'd rock, I'd go around to this guy's house, you know, and just mix for hours and hours. And he, he's a very passionate guy, mm-hmm. and um, so he was just like, it was like rehabilitating me in a sense, you know, like and and because he had this fake chow club, yeah. He's like, when you're ready, I'll, I'll chuck you on. And this club's going off, man. Yeah. It was one of the best clubs I've ever been in my life, you know. Yeah. And um, anyway, so at the same time, Shannon rocked up on the scene. Okay. Just by fate, yeah. I guess. And so I was like, hey, bro, what's happening? And, you know, it was like we hadn't seen each other and we were completely, you know, uh, disconnected from each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, it was like, it was weird. It's just like what's happening. It was like it all just started again, and probably like two weeks after we first met, we got it moved into a house together in Geelong. Yeah. He needed to, you know, and then what was, suburb was that in? In Geelong. Oh, so like the city. Yeah. Yep. So like in just in Geelong in general, and um, yeah. So we got a little shack. Yeah. And then you know it was just me and him. <laughs> you know? So we got a picture of you and Shane. <laughs> yeah, that's the house. That's the house, is it? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's the house. <laughs> so um, you, you can describe this one. Um, well, that's just Shan cooking a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> but what is, tell us what he looks like. What's he wearing? Hey, well, that, that, that was, um, he's not wearing anything. <laughs> he's got a mustache. He's got, he's got his shorts on. Yeah. Um, and he's got a nice little mustache there. How's the, how's his earring? <laughs> that is huge. It's not that big anymore. It's the size of a dinner plate. That's big, eh? Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Was he coming to sausage with the wooden spoon? Yeah, that sounds like Shannon. We can't use a plastic spoon because it'd melt, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, Get the tongs, Shannon. <laughs> um, what's the next one? Uh, okay. um, yeah, well, the next one is, I guess, probably. Do you have any more you want to talk about with Shannon? Well, yeah, so. Because yeah? then we'll get into some of the parties you did with him with, through some photos in a minute. Well, I think because, um, you, know, uh, you know, we had some, we had some really unfortunate events happen that really, really um, so de- like it affected us deeply. Each individually separate? Yeah. Yeah, right. So a whole group of us um, got, basically just got separated and, yeah. and, you know, we're all very passionate people and. But it's just you know, it's shaped everything to change what it is today, you know. Yeah. And Shannon was younger, obviously as well, so it affected him differently than it affected me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, we um, did any of that stuff. Any of that stuff. Um, well, it took, I guess it took him about you know less than half a year to sort of catch up yeah. to where I was at, and then decided, okay, I'll, mm. he's like, I want you know, I'm going to roll with you, Lee, yeah. you know, because cool. Lee, I was one of the only people, I guess, in a scene. The scene we were in was like very. Very, you know, full on yeah. for young people, you know. Yeah. Back in the day, we just wanted to play music, yeah. you know, and we were surrounded by, you know, a lot of crazy people and yeah. late nights and people that are going out to escape rather than just enjoy the tunes, kind of thing. Well, that's what that's what it's there for. Yeah. You know, and like we were just sort of like, you know, knee deep. Yeah. In. Okay. All, so, you know, so, 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 so like, um, it eventually it affected us, you know, to the point where, whatever, and you know, so we ended up meeting up. We got a house together. And from that moment, Shannon was doing, he's doing a lot of gigs um, by himself. Yeah. Uh, he was playing a lot of drum and bass, not like, you know, dubstep and yep. still a lot of that sort of stuff. And um, he started getting his residencies at Jungle and yeah. and Tramp, started playing hard hard techno with um, like Mickey Knox and yeah, the Green, Green Fetish, Fetish Boys and that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny Doe, Laskus. And that's where he like really like formed himself as like a solid techno DJ, you know. Yeah, and to be honest, um, going to that club, and seeing those guys is what's yeah. had a big influence on me getting into techno and even the tunes I play now. A yeah, lot of yeah. them are kind of in homage to the stuff like they are the ones that introduced me to the good shit. It's very like, legit. Yeah. Yeah. It was um. It's very legitimate. Yeah. And, it's also figuring out how to filter out the um the cheese when you're at some well, of those clubs as well. This is one thing that um I guess Shannon has always been intrigued with me is because he came in. I I was always naturally progressing as mm-hmm. as a techno artist, um, so I taught obviously. Just from direction, I taught Shannon a lot, yeah. uh, you know, about, as you do, just as being friends, mm. about, you know, showed him a lot, you know, production and stuff. I remember w- when we first met, he wanted to make, like, not a mix, he yeah. wanted to make a movie, you know. Yeah, so, right. like, um, I produced, you know, he co-produced that with the side. Oh, so you made it? Yeah, he'd still have it, right? What's it called? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. You kill me. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we literally just like fully structured everything through Ableton, like yeah. like a live prog set, you know. Yeah. But it was like had like we like cut out. He had all these, yeah, cutouts and movies and yeah, it was sick. Yeah, like you cool. could, you could yeah, just, how long did it go? An hour, yeah, and you could right. sit there like you know listen to it like a but like a like a movie score, you know. Yeah. And like break into like sounds and sections and yeah, it was really cool, man. Yeah. And so, um, and that's obviously when we started. You know, naturally we just like. Yeah. work really well together you know mm-hmm. um so you were saying that like you were kind of more of the, the i guess the pure sound where he, where he come in through a bit more of the um like bangers that sort of like more, nah more like he of, never played bangers man yeah okay you know like yeah. when everyone was playing bangers he was playing dubstep and stuff yeah 
and then he went from that to hard techno. Yeah, right. So I used to play minimal tech. Yeah, well, I remember one of the first things, well, I, I used to thrash it all the time, and I think 10,000 brothers have is his Earth Core set from 2013 or 14, yeah. where it was just like humming. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, we came straight off the back of Fake Chow, and that's really yeah. where, so that's when he was living with me then. Yep. So that's when, um, that's when we got, like, we didn't have any expectations anymore. Yeah. And that's when we just got a, got more real. Yeah, and, cool. And it took it back to, like, how it used to be, you know, yeah. where it was just, like, playing what you like. Yeah. Rather than, like, rocking up and trying to play, you know. So I guess what is what is your role, um, your role compared to Shannon's role? How is it different in the in the partnership for either how you prepare for the tunes, how you market yourself, how, um, how you produce tunes um i guess the different relationships with people in the business like is it are you just kind of on the same page obviously you're on the same page with everything but do you do yin yang type roles or are you both kind of shit split split the load 50 50 with most things well ideally yes yeah you teach each other yeah ideally um I, i've always been a mentor for shannon yeah for, for not just through music through life as yeah. well shannon's a very like and he probably has been for you too he's been like yeah. well he's my, be, my best mate, man. Yeah. So, and he's, my, he's been uh, support, like, you know, I guess I just don't, I take, I don't know, how do you say it? Like, I love him, man. Yeah. So as a family, as he's, he's my family. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of person Shannon is, you know. He doesn't believe in half-assed stuff and mm. he's, a, he's a very passionate person. Yeah. So he needs, he need, I guess he just needed, I didn't even, I was just relaxed about it, you know, because yeah. it's just who I am. Yeah. But he needs a friend that yeah. is as passionate as he is. But I'm the balance. See, like he he's like he'll go for anything, you know. He's yeah. like, yeah, Lee, you want yeah. when we're when we're playing market stage, you know. The last when I was dropping my last song, he looked at me and he punched me in the arm and he goes, Are you happy now? <laughs> <laughs> happy and I'm like, man, you know. I said like, if I said I wanted a Porsche, she'd be like, I'll get you a Porsche. <laughs> you know. That's just the way he thinks. So yeah. like whereas me, like I'm very I like a bit more rational. <laughs> I, I, I like think. I think I have to think about everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, that's good. You get the radical idea and then yeah. figure out how to get there rather yeah, than. I can to think too it. much and he can be like chill out, you know? Yeah. So we balance each other out. Sounds like my relationship with Adam. It's, yeah. a, it's a professional relationship yeah. that has, that's been built naturally. Yeah. I and I, th I think that passion as well is probably part of what a lot of the greater recovery collective thing. I guess why you guys are such a good, strong group and have such a good bond as a family, much like the Green Fetish guys do with their lot and the Thicker Steve's guys do with them is because I guess that passion is shared and, and you're yeah, like-minded thinking believe in the brotherhood. They just each other. Yeah, exactly. And like, that's like, if you notice through the year, Shannon was my first really good friend and like, look at him now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've met a whole bunch of friends, like look at Joseph. Yeah. You know, like it's, sometimes all you need is um, like a bit of support. Yeah. You want to do something that everyone sort of goes, oh, yeah, what are you going to be a DJ, you know? Yeah. That might last for a few years, but then what are you going to do, you know? But sure. then, like, you know, you meet people like me and just be like, yeah, man, like, I've been doing it. Yeah, you can't what we do, bro. Like, yeah. I don't know what you mean. Like, just do yeah. it. And that, and that support puts away doubt, which means yeah. they can focus on, on, on being on. professionals, yeah. which is important for the Australian music industry. Yeah. And you mentioned um, Joey. We'll give, him a, we'll give him a quick plug because he's been on the pod. He helped... Um, produce the, our intro theme as well. Um, over the summer break, he had a release on Jaws Man Tracks, yeah. his own record label. Yeah, well, uh, do you want to mention how well he did on the beat ports? So he had, yeah. had pre-sales. Number one. Yeah, so he debuted at number 30 on the Minimal Deep Tech House. Is that yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I think he went to number two, pretty quick behind 
Murray. Murray, yeah. Yep, and then within not too many more days, he was number one. So good on Joey. It was a, a testament to see. Um, yeah, exactly. Murray's, both. A, Murray's a weapon. Yeah, um, she played porn not long ago, also playing at Babylon, I think. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. great. But I think that's a testament to show that um, when you are focused, you don't need to have all the biggest um, labels and names in the business to do the work for you. They're like if you work hard, like you can you can achieve whatever you want, really, isn't it? Well, that's why. Um, look at Jai. Yeah. Definitely. Recovery collective. Yeah. Um, everyone's signed, kind of, even even the younger guys now. They got a bit of an idea what's going on, but he just when I met him, he was like, he looked about ten. <laughs> what did he have? Twelve. <laughs> yeah, I think he's about ten now. Mate. Uh, <laughs> no, but you know he's so small and so young, and and um, he was already he'd already achieved so much at that age. Yeah. I mean, like the guy did two years in a Bezo before he was even twenty one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's like to him it was like nothing, you know, and like um that's the kind of and like I said that's the kind of people that naturally you know uh, we surround ourselves. So I guess like Jai, me being like so much older than Jai as well, and then with Shannon as well, yeah. like we've just always been like the first people that were there as like solid support for him, mm-hmm. and um he was going to do it anyway. Yeah, but it's just that was the start of like the posse, I guess. Yeah. For, oh, yeah, recovery anyway, so. Yeah. Now, you discussed how it kind of can be a bit of a grind, I guess, um, and that you can make a lifetime of being a DJ. We didn't really get into probably an initial question here, and we've just popped a photo up there. That's, um, I guess, well, well, describe who's in that photo for us, Lee. Um, so that's on the right there is my um, lovely mother, Lorraine. Yep. Um, shout out to mom. Yeah, shout out to Lorraine. Yep. Yeah. Um, on the left's Joan, my nana, mm-hmm. and in the middle is Jerry, which is my um, granddad. Yep. And so we'll go to the next one as well, because do you want to tell us a little bit about the importance of the family support, but also how you got the name Lee Boy? So Jerry, um, so Jerry. There he is again. Yeah. So um, he, that, this is when he, he was battling from cancer, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. he, he, um, and he passed away about two years ago. And um, so my pop has always been, he was like very, my support mm-hmm. as, um, as, yeah, as a young person, he, he was like, um, kind of like, say, I don't know, here's my pop. Anyway, um, yeah. sorry, it's hard to talk about. <laughs> no, that's okay. We can move um, on quickly if you like or get no, in as cool. much as you like. Um, the boy thing. So he, uh, I've been called boy my whole life. Yeah. So my, like, it's just like boy. <laughs> boy. And I remember, um, when he was in the hospital, I had a, a good friend of mine, um, Tristan, came in and, you know, because I needed a, a mate to come help help move him around. Yeah. And um, he's like, boy, <laughs> grab this for me. And my, mm. my mate's just like, what do you mean? Like, he's called you boy. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's where yeah. it came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, you know, I was the shortest kid in high school up until year 10. Yeah. Year 7s was bigger than me. <laughs> I was there. Yeah, I had like a growth spurt when I was like. <laughs> yeah, so I just looked. I mean, I only sort of came in. Yeah, I looked like pr- pretty yeah. young. So you always yeah. called yourself Lee Boy from even like the Corova days and all that sort of That's that what story. happened. I remember the first time I had a fly there, like you've got a DJ name, and um, they used to call me Lee Lemon, which was just a big joke. That, yeah. um, I don't know if you've seen Futurama, yeah. um, where Leela tries to dress up as a, 
as a boy and save fry in the army, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so my mate used to call me Lee Lemon, and my, when I was making tunes, I used to have Lemon Records, you know. Yeah. You know, that was, was like just because we didn't, I didn't want to be DJ or anything. It was just yeah. as a joke. Um, and then they said, "Well, you can't have Lee Lemon." I was like, "Oh." And, my, and then so the next day, I rocked up at the gig, and they'd already put Lee Boy, and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> stuck. That's it. Yeah, and like we've had conversations before. Especially when me and Shannon started playing together, you know, like it's been a quick conversation and then we just laugh about it. It's like, no, it's just what it is, man. Yeah. It's like Deanox and Beckers, you know. Yeah. Lee Boy and Hand Down. Like, what's Deanox? <laughs> you know, well, like, I've asked him that is. and he just said that he just saw it somewhere and liked it. There wasn't even a yeah. massive story behind it or anything like that. And Beckers is just because his name's Frank Beckers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, my name's Lee yeah. and I've been called Boy my whole life. So. Yeah. That's why we you know, separate it. Yeah. And, I, mean, um, I remember asking you about that kind of when we first met and you're like, just what me pop called me. I'm like, yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. It's it. called boy, like just boy. Yep. Boy. Um, so I guess um, when, you, when you're going through the grind, like how important is, how important is uh, having good family support? And like, obviously when you are, there's a lot of young artists know now who are trying to break in the scene. And I guess a lot of our listeners are guys who love playing tunes and probably just finished school and might be working part-time jobs. Like, You've been through it. Can you describe what it's like to juggle jobs and have the grind, but still keep the passion for music, even though uh, it's hard to make ends meet when you're trying to be an, an artist in any sort of field, whether it's a painter or a musician or a writer, it's always a struggle. Um, but you're, you're showing that you can make a career out of it, I guess, and, and if you have faith that eventually um, probably a little bit more good fortune does start to come. Yeah. So what, what, sort, of, what sort of jobs, other jobs have you kind of worked <laughs> as you've done it? I've done so many jobs. <laughs> um, that's the thing. I right? one one important message is like, yeah, look, do exercise, <laughs> get plenty of sleep, and look after yourself. Yeah. Um, don't get carried away, because it just it eventually stacks up and it becomes makes you know makes everything sort of hard, you know. Yeah. Um, which is good. These days everything's a lot more professional, a lot more structured. It's not about partying. Everyone's like. Respects the music. Yeah, it's, more, don't it's they? really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's much. It's a, and so you know you can strive as an artist in the scene without getting sort of dragged under with yeah. partying and do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, I think the ones that you do see succeed are the ones who um, don't get blind before their gig or... I look at Will Sparks and stuff, you know. Like, I always use him as an example. You know, he... Um, I mean, we were giving him his first gigs and he was 18 and he rocked up sober as a judge, played a whole set of his own music, you know. Yeah. And whether or not you like it or not, like, those kids were playing Ableton like we used to play Tony Hawks, you know. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and and look what look what he you know, and that's you know whereas that's it's it is easy and I, you know, it's easy to being a natural like party person myself. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get carried away. Yeah. Well, even a bit of um probably a bit of a, a mantra or phrase that I'm kind of trying to put on myself before a gig is like I want to have good sleep. I want to come sober. I want to come prepared. Yeah. Um, because if I basically if I fuck up on the gig, I want it to be because I fuck it up, not because I'm fucked up. Because if you fuck up and you're off your guts or pissed, then you get then the perception's a lot different. Where if you just make a mistake, then you can own it and learn from it. Do you know what I mean? Well, I can tell you this, man. When you if you mask anxiety mm. with alcohol, yeah. for example, I just have a sip then, of beer. Then you then, yeah, <laughs> <just have laughs> this sip of this beer. Yeah. <laughs> um, then what happens is that you develop anxiety problems in the future. Yeah. And then you'll when when it comes to the stage where you have to make a decision, I can't continue my career as an alcoholic or whatever, or you know, um, because it's not, yeah, you know, 
I'm not good for my health. No. Then all of a sudden you you take that alcohol away, yeah. and it, it damages you. Become like you can become very nervous. Yeah, and plus it kills you during the middle of the week when you're trying to get life done, doesn't it? Well, that well that, that's a whole other side. But yeah. what you'll find yourself doing is like um, compensating for that. You'll be like, oh, yeah. So then you're you know you, you're better off taking Monday off. Yeah. And getting pissed before your gig because it takes away the nerves, you know. Whereas you know, like um. Yeah, some people, you know, like my girlfriend, for instance, you know, um, she's a great example of, um, you know, the, the new new generation of professional artists where, you know, she'll sleep and then she'll get up and she'll play her, her set and, and I'll wake up and she's already yeah. home. And then, you uh, know, uh, and or, or even play your set and then have the few drinks after as a reward for doing well? Well, not even, you know, mm. just because she's um, already tackled those nerves mm. at an early stage. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you find with, I guess, again, for those kids trying to get into the scene, we do have some people have written in saying, how do you get gigs or can you help me try and get a gig at a club? Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for them as well as part of the game now isn't just how good your tunes are. It is how well you promote on social media going to the gig. Um, are you doing sort of live posts? Are you getting around the other artists? Are you engaging on Facebook? And are you bringing people to the club, especially in the club scene? Yeah. Um, a lot of it is, like, whether it's good or bad for the scene, it's can you bring people? I have two minds for this. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's easy to think that the scene is as big as your hometown. Yeah. But in the reality of things, the scene is nice. wor- worldwide, man. And we're so lucky Melbourne yeah. alone, really. And when you get stuck in this mind frame because, you, you know, you might be making money from it or, you know, yeah. You, um, that's when you get stuck in the sort of mindset of a club owner, yeah. not a musician. Yeah. And that's when you find yourself having to promote. Yeah. Support's always good. Yeah. I, I like support just so you can be relaxed and provide yeah. what you do. But ultimately, I believe that we are already going into an era where it's the music that matters, man. Yeah, sure. And that's what I've said to people like Joey. You know, I'm like yeah. I'm like a very good um, support basis for Joseph mm-hmm. and he'll always come to me and be like you know whatever um, and I, you know, I said to him man like you know your music will speak for itself yeah and you know yourself Julian mm-hmm. you know like sure. you're an amazing amazing musician but you know you, you don't have to get gigs it'll just happen naturally yeah. you know and then you can actually focus on, the music. on actually making it happen instead of like wasting all your time trying to impress you know our club which is which is cool it's cool whatever it's all good but so, so how does um it's a lot easier when they ask you yeah. to play. Uh, yes, but yeah, it's getting sure. to that point, I guess. Yeah, that's, so, how, and that's how it should be because yeah. um, basically what it's teaching people is that like, and I, I always tell this to, you know, a lot of my uh, young people, young fr- younger friends or, yeah. you know, or just friends in general that are coming into the scene. I'd be like, if, you know, if you're going to promote yourself really well yeah. and tell all your friends to come to an event, you have to make sure that you've got the, the, juice to back it up. the goods to, to yeah. provide because it's not... You can't want people there to support you. Yeah. You want to basically you're trying to show them sell, how good you are. Sell, sell a show. Yeah. Like, come down, have a drink, have a good time. Yeah. That's what it's all about, yeah. Yeah. And um, that, and so like if you yeah mm. if you're too busy worrying about promotion, you yeah. kind of can. But that's something that I guess Shane's very good at in your part of the relationship. Yeah, that's, that's a bit different though. That's more like um. What, it's more help. Or? It's more helping out. We've already we're already yeah. like we're not trying to promote ourselves as artists. We're like you know, shouting out the show or. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I guess back in the, in the early days, that, that was probably oh, something we, it was a bit more natural too. It was the social yeah. media, where you were more as the tune maker, yeah. and then you kind of. Well, that's what I'm saying. So back in the day, we used to grind hard, you yeah. know, like, and we'd, we'd be at all naturally. It was we, yeah. it was easy for us because we were always at the clubs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but just, um, yeah, we were always there, and, and we always support, and like you know, yeah. Um, Shannon's always been like really tech savvy. Yeah, actually, really, really, um, really good with his words as well. Yeah, like he's very polite. <laughs> good yeah. with words. <laughs> yeah, good with words. I'm not. I'm just, I was like trying to think of the word. No, he's yeah. really, he's really poetic as well. And you know, yeah. And um, he's taught me a lot. Yeah. Which he, I think he covered in. Yeah, it is. Yeah. In his book. Yeah. I mean, and I guess one little tip um, that I've got from my, from talking to different um, like promoters or like um, club owners and that sort of thing is part of. Um, if you want to play at a club, part of it is going to the club so the guys know who you are. And, oh, yeah. And be, because at the end of the day, that's why they're called clubs because it is a friendship group and a lot of them have members and yeah. um, it's, are you part of this club? Like, but I think what I'm trying to say is that you, you go there because you want to go. Yeah, exactly. Not, 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 not just to try and get a gig. Yeah, because yeah, if, you, if you find yourself going somewhere like um, against your will, just yeah. to, you know, that's just you're creating an environment that you, yeah. you're eventually just going to It's hate. like going to a job just for the cash, whereas if you go for a job, yeah, you're yeah, loving exactly. Yeah, and, yeah, then, and you guess it's a good way of finding the sound that the club likes as well and knowing how the nights progress and yeah. being able to fit and adapt. Yeah, adapt. Yeah. You know, like I went to Revolver for 10 years. Well, yeah. You know, for years and years and years before I played there. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think we've got a, a picture of the... Yeah. So there's a revolver sound, isn't there? You know, yeah, everyone yeah. knows it. Yeah. Everyone hear a track, you know. It's like, well, yeah. that sounds like revolver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean. yeah. Yeah. So you've had some sick gigs at Revs. Uh, yeah. Here's one. Shane Rock in the third chapter top. Yeah. What's, what do you got there on? What's your your berserk top it's on? Your body, but look. Yeah. Um, so this is the front room at Revs. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to skim through some of the other gigs. I guess you've played. Um, do you have a Do you have a dream gig? Like you've said, Rainbow is done. Is it? What's yeah, next? that was what, my dream. Yeah. So what's next? Uh, Bo- oh, no, we want to play Universo. Oh, six. So Universo Parallelo yeah. in Brazil. Yep. The next one's at the start of 2020. Would, I think that would be suited for us. Yep. So 2020 is the next one, then the next one at the start of 2022. So it kind of is, um, happens every two years. Yep. It leads up to the new year. Yeah, I think you'd have to be booked a year in advance, though, for that yeah, of course. sort of show. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, um, that's yeah, that's, 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 that's their next aim. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep. After Rainbow, man, like... um. Yep. I was like, oh shit! Start of um, <laughs> create some more. Yeah, you know, I did me bucket list, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bigger bucket. Um, so just some other gigs. We'll just quickly flick through these. Do you want to just quickly, uh, I guess, give us your first couple of thoughts that come to mind about each of these ones? That was our first five-hour set at Bloom. Yep. Which we've done five-hour sets before. Yeah. At our Revolver. Yep. For Sunshine mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Um, she sometimes gets us on every now and again. Let's take over five hours. But that's was special because it was. It's different, you know, Revolver starts off packed and then slowly dies out. Yeah, This like, was, you had the control up. of the whole night, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. It was sick, man. Yeah. And it went, it went real well. Yeah. Um, we started off with like, you know, deepies and then by the end of it, we were just slamming it. So, and the whole place was, was going nuts. What about this one? Where's, what have we got here? Organic Audio Stage at? Strawberry Fields. Yep. So, you now this was a couple of years ago. This I remember the weekend started. Yeah, it's our first, our first set. Um, on organic audio. Oh, awesome! Yep, I, th- I think we the weekend played, started. We, you guys played on the Friday night in that old shed. Yep, and then we played Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, I remember you recall you guys saying because uh, me and Wixie were sitting down the front on the ground because the shed was on a bit of an angle. Yeah, and I remember you saying we started the weekend playing with you guys below us, mm. and then uh, if you can see, we we're sitting on on top of you, 
And you're like, whose feet are they stangling down in I front of us? I didn't know Wixie then. Yeah. Right. And you're like, we started the set with you guys sitting below us and finished it with you guys sitting above us. So that was, <laughs> um, that was rocking on the organic audio stage. That was the last Sunday at Strawberry. Um, and then this year you guys, oh, well, the most recent one, 2018. Yeah. You guys had it. 20, 2018, yeah. Yeah, had it absolutely humming. That was yeah. on the Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us about, a bit about that experience because I guess Strawberry is a, a, a vet that's very close to both your hearts. Yeah, yeah, uh, we've been, we've been, I've been going to Strawberry for, for a long time, <laughs> ages. Yep. ages. Yeah. Um, uh, Strawberry's awesome. It's such a good festival. Yeah. Um, Do you have a song that you love to play there a lot, or even just? Um, oh no, I've always, we've always played. We've always, yeah. Me and Shannon yep. are very innovating with the way we play our sets. So. Yep. It's very rarely rare that we um, play old tunes. Yeah. Is there a song, not necessarily at Doofs, but various clubs that you knew always worked or that you just loved ripping? Oh, I love Nevermind. Oh, I was going to yeah. fucking guess it. <laughs> I love yeah. that. And I wish I had Crocodile as well. Yeah, it's hard to find a good version you of Crocodile. Can only, well, you can only get get it on vinyl. Yeah, there's the rip of it, but it's not right. You can't play ribs. No, you can't play I, it. Oh, yeah. you can. But, like, you can't I, play it out. It's too... I've always um, played yeah. full quality tunes. Yeah. I believe it's, in, I believe, I believe it's like, you know, it's structurally it's... Part of moving the speaker, you know, which yeah. creates more. I believe, uh, more. It's not belief. It's true. Yeah, more feeling yeah. in the crowd, which is important for like. So do you want to like, just quickly describe to the listeners who, who don't really know? I guess what you're talking about. The average club goer probably doesn't know the difference between a, a file that's like three twenty or a wave or an MP three. Yeah. Um, so do you always so do you always I, use waves or, or AIFF? Or AIFF is a wave, but for Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um. Yeah, so, so, so that's, that'd be some advice, I guess, for a young kid. If you're going to play, don't just have well, you, off YouTube. You you know, you think about it, you've got like even the 320 to 1400, you know, like that's a yeah. massive mm -hmm. size difference. Yep. And so like basically what happens with MP3s is it's compressed, so it just clips off all, it just compresses the whole file. Yep. So you still get the same sound, yep. but it's, it's it's like more of a dense yeah, speaker. Not the same dynamics. Yeah, it's not the same dynamics, more of a dense speaker movement. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I studied sound engineering. Um, you know, and I remember first learning about, you know, waves and, yeah. you know, like the whole um, concept, uh, not concept, uh, how, you know, uh, how the ears create create feeling into sound, you know. Yes. And it blew my mind, man. Yeah. It literally blew my mind. I literally, like, went home and couldn't, I, I couldn't even sleep properly, you know. When, when you hear, when you actually learn about, like, how the, f the, the ears can... Works. Yeah, it's yeah. just like just the, the um, size of waves and yeah, the, uh, the, from the low to high frequencies and and just trying to like picture, picture that. Yeah. So know. where did you study that? JMC. Yeah. So Julie and I both did um, at SAE. Most yeah. people probably know that. I don't but think um, I don't think SAE had start, quite started. Yeah. Right. Because um, even like I, I, I enrolled not really knowing anything about that at all. Yeah. And just wanting to learn more about music, and the first day it's like thrown in the deep end. It's like a, you go to a proper science class, isn't it? But like, yeah, well, it's engineering. But it also hooks you. It is. It is engineering. It's engineering, yeah. and it's hard. It's it, physics as well. Yeah, it's physics, man. And, yeah. and that's where I struggled a lot with it. Yeah, I was getting like nine, high distinctions in my prac exams, and then mm. failing electronics because I didn't understand. You know, yeah, Harvard. You know. Yeah. So, and but they take it seriously. You know. Yeah. Even the frequencies and where they, how they hit your body. Like, there's a great. Um, little thing on YouTube of Chad Hugo from the Neptunes yeah. where he talks about how like the crack of a snare like hits you in the neck so like you pop forward like that but then yeah. like, like um, the, the kick like hits you kind of in, like in the back or in yeah. the guts and gets you like your, your booty thrusted like the uh, knock and yeah uh, that's pretty like, fascinating to hear about actually it's, ama it's amazing anyway yeah. so like um, I think naturally I have I have a, have a really sensitive 
like I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I had eczema my whole life, you know, yeah. for instance. I can't, you know, Shannon will like clap and I'll punch him in the arm, you know. <laughs> I can't, I just like, my ears are like, and my ears are really good, man. For someone yeah. who's been a drummer and a DJ his whole life, my ears uh, held out really well. Yeah. But um, I just can really, really feel sound, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, so, um, um, which has helped with like, you know, ma- you know melodies and. Yeah. So when it comes to your feel with Shannon, um, if you were naked and he walked in, would you rather be caught hands down or feet up? <laughs> what uh, I don't even understand that question. Well, hands down is his DJ name and feet up is his Insta. I understand that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you've supported a lot of big artists. Here's, here's the next picture. Yep. So do you want to just describe who the half dozen or so people are in here? So that's Normie at the top. Yep. So where's my what's Normie's? Normie, Normie, um, Normie Diamond. Yeah, Normie Diamond. Yep. So he's a booking yeah. agent. Yeah. Um, um, did a lot in Psytrance, um, but now he's more into the, the techno side. Well, he still does all the Psytrance booking, doesn't he? Um, anyway, so well, Normie's a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we love Normie. Normie's always looked after us, and he's yeah. great, great value. Shout yeah. out, Normie. Yeah, shout out to Normie. <laughs> for yep. sure. So uh, who's uh, next to Normie there? That's Bridge. Bridget. What's her role? Uh, she's just a cool chick, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's um. I've, she's like uh, really, really close friends with Muska, Michael yeah. Muska. Um, that's how I met her. She's just like a really, um, yeah. uh, like a, that's sort of um, exactly what I was talking about. Of people that are naturally in the scene, yeah. just for good for times. Life. Yeah, cool. Yep. So then um, let's go. You're on the left, bright red shirt, yeah. black top hat. Yeah. On the opposite end is Jai Mills, Recovery Collective. You <laughs> mentioned him. At the front is. Um, our mate covered in the tats with the big eyebrow face tat, Mr. Hands Down. But who are the two blokes in the black shirts in the middle? And where'd you say this was? Subsonic. This was at Subsonic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the guy with the bald head is Mr. Victor Ruiz. Mm-hmm. And the happy chap here is Mr. Alex Stein. Yep. So they're probably two of the biggest names, uh, I guess, in the techno in scene that we te- love. In progressive techno, yep. yeah. What other big artists like that, um, I guess, influence your song choices now and, th- and that you've also supported? Well, yeah, Oliver Hunterman. Yep. He's absolute legend, absolute weapon. Um, oh, look, man, you know, like Egbert, I love Egg. We played yeah. after Egbert at Rainbow. Yep. Uh, and I, you know, I've been listening to Egbert and Secret Cinema. Yep. Um, I really love that um, yeah, really drive, fine, driving Berlin kind of techno, you know. Yep. German, you know. The proper Oliver, rave, rave techno. Yeah, Oliver Koletsky as well. Yeah, Oliver. Well, he's uh, Shannon loves Oliver. Yeah, he's a massive fan. You know, I, I was always a big fan of Soli as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who closed Rainbow yeah. last year before Robert Babbitt. Yeah, and then this year it was obviously Dinox and Patrice Bamel. Yeah, well, Dinox is. Um, I mean, I remember I used to think they were Australian, Dinox and Beckers. Yeah, when I well, first I started. Played, going, I think it was his eighth Rainbow this year. Uh probably more. Yeah, I think they've been in, like a main part of the international bookings for Rainbow for a long time. Yeah, and like yeah, I remember because we never really asked questions. Yeah. I remember just thinking that these guys were Australian. Mm. Um, we're about to actually, um, we're working with um, Cookie from Morning After. Yeah, and um, he's finally he's been working years um, to. To, to put on a show, um, he has booked Dinox before, but he's doing um, Enchanted Garden Party, which you can check out on the Facebook. Enchanted Garden Party with yeah. Dinox. Oh, and music. Yeah. Quiver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, you recently. And, and me and Shannon playing as well. So. Yeah. Um, uh, also, Township Rebellion not long ago as part of the recovery. Yeah. Collective gig at XE 54. Yeah. That was actually, um, that was my first gig at XE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was awesome. 
and we worked with um, Goose, you know, Goose McGrath, who runs the Pleasure Garden, which yep. he's a he's a, a, a great, great man. Um, is, is there anyone that you would love to be on a card with that you haven't yet or or look to want to play with or something like that? Or you've, again, ticked all the boxes already? Um, well, I'll be, I have been lucky enough to um, support. Um, we're about to open up for Neelix. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Is that so you're playing at the upcoming Paradigm event? Oh, well, yeah, but I'm actually supporting, me and Shannon are supporting Neelix at um, Bloom. Yeah, wow. He's playing a three-hour set and we're going to open for him. Yeah, okay. So you definitely come down for that. Yeah. Um, so you are also playing at Paradigm as well. And you yeah. Play, so you played that's, at... I mean, like, that's sick. That yeah, is, and in the past you've done... You've also played, done Electric yeah, Parade. We played um, both of them. Yep. Um, the Bush Techno stage with Muskers. Yep. Um, and Paradigm coming up with Asterix, Perfect Stranger, Morton Rowe, Neelix. All of them. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, Boris Brescia at TFU, I remember seeing you guys, uh, I think Shan played. Yeah, I remember there. that. You there, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, you've definitely had some some awesome ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, and shout out to, like, Market Memories and Steve Bleece as well, you know, they're yeah, playing please. on the, yeah, they're playing on the, on the Power Group fucking um, yeah. festival as well. Yeah. And shout out to Lev. Yeah, and they also did great jobs at uh, Rainbow. And, yeah. and they also did a great job at Rainbow. Yeah, everyone did. And, yeah, and, um, yeah, Lev, Lev um, you know, he's how to throw a good party. The hologram one was Lev. off oh, its yeah. head. With yeah, yeah. Freedom Fighters as well playing he's, in that one. Yeah, he's a fine man. Yeah. And shout out to Martin Vice, friend of the pod. Mm. Mm. We love him. Okay. Uh, so other other events uh, coming up. Um, obviously, Babylon, we mentioned. You've got Esoteric. Yeah. Uh, also doing a gig in Tassie, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing um, the um, Obsidian Music and Arts Festival for yep. Spicy Music. Yep. Liam Spice. Sure. Um, Do you play gigs in Tassie before? No, never been. Yeah, right. So we're really looking forward to that. It's like going to a time machine down there, mate. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been there. Yep. I've always wanted to, though. Yep. Um, but yeah, Liam was kind enough to um, invite us, me, and I'm going down with me, Shannon, are playing, and, um, mm-hmm. and Laura as well. So, of course. Yep. Yeah. So how, when, when is that? Uh, so we'll leave the Sunday morning at Esoteric. Okay. And uh, we place we place all oh, Sunday night yep. uh, in Tassie. Cool. Now, if you could create your own dictionary... Mm. What five words would you use? Would be um, the first five words you put in there. Oh, dude, kitch, kitch. C Y H. What else? Um, dude, I don't know. <laughs> what do I say? You listen to me more than I listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm a sick DJ. Oh, there's yeah. the other four. <laughs> I don't get it now. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> kitsch, kitsch. You should have probably just kitsch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Hopefully, Joey's listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what, what else have you been working on? Now, have you got any like tunes you're planning to release over the next twelve months or so? Or yeah, cool. Uh, so, um, me and Shannon uh, this year um, uh, starting to work on the Euphoria Berserk label. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. We've so you put, been, um, we've been we've been structuring it and building it for the last couple of years. Yep. So um, um, just remind me, Chan did mention it in the first episode. He did. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry, not that Euphoria Berserk, just in general. Did that start as a like a party brand, or did you start that as a label? Uh, do you know what Euphoria Berserk means? It's not how you say it. We yeah. just say it like that. So I, I remember. I, um, that's where uh, I got that. Euphoria. <laughs> that's how Shan said it on the party. He goes Euphoria Berserk. Euphoria Berserk. Euphoria Berserk. Yep. So what does it mean? Uh, so we met. Um, I have a good good German friend, mm-hmm. and um, we said it to her. We'd already created the brand, 
Can you pronounce her name? Her name's Anna. Oh. <laughs> Anna. Uh, anyway, and, oh Anna, yeah. And um, she and we said it to her. She's like, hmm. And she had to think about it. So we're like, oh fuck, you know. Yeah. We've. And she goes, well, it means um, like Bidziak means district. Yep. And euphoria is like euphoria. Yep. So it means like euphoria district, which is mm-hmm. happy place. Yep. <laughs> So it's kind of cool. We basically wanted to turn something that was um, uh, basically like happy, mm-hmm. but put like a really dark, minimal edge to it. Yeah, I cool. guess. Yeah. I guess that's like. Where's your happy place? In behind the deck. Music, man. <laughs> yeah, just just music in general. Like, you know, what what, what we create. Yeah. Um, it's all our happy places. Really. All right. So yeah. speaking of your happy place, let's look at the last photo we've got. Oh. And uh, just describe what this person means to you and I guess um, how you came to meet in the progression of your relationship. Ah, uh, Miss Laura King. Yeah, so where's this photo taken? Uh, in Bali. Cool. So it's a good story, that. Um, yep. So if she's the king, does that mean you're the queen? No, I'm the rig, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're the boy. Um, yeah, so what happened, um, Rainbow last year, mm-hmm. Monday, yep. we got in a car, drove straight to the airport, yep. jumped straight in a plane. And um, yeah. So uh, how did you meet? How did you meet Lawsy? Ah, uh, well, she apparently I met her a few times, but you know what I'm like. Oh well, you're the superstar DJ, and she's just the. Uh, these the, days I get these days I get um. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a model. <laughs> <laughs> um model yeah, so you know, like these days it's funny. I I get introduced. People like introduce me by saying uh, I'm that person we've already met three times because they know all way. I just do, you know. Obviously, the connection to my brain from my eyesight. Julie, Julie was having a crack at me over the weekend because I kept saying to people, "Do you know Julian?" Yeah. And it's usually just because I forget their name and want him to introduce himself, so they say it back. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been. But, but he, I, I did it to him and Shannon. I'm like, hang on. Yeah. They sat in a room together with me for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's just a polite thing. You're like yeah. me. Um, yeah. We we, don't, we just like act before we think. I guess. It's just like, <laughs> there's nothing, no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she met you. She came out to so, you a few yeah, times, and um, yeah, like, um, then we met, um, once, and then we sort of started talking, yeah. and um, just about music and stuff like that. Yeah, and um, because people probably don't know, so like she's like she studied music. She's a weapon, man. Kid, yeah, that's why. That's what, one of the reasons why I fell in love with her, I guess. Yeah, um, because we're like. Like-minded people. Yeah. You know? It's nice when you can have a girl yeah. that shows you tunes as well, isn't it? Well, the, yeah, she's the only, only, not only the only girl, but probably the only person that showed me tunes that, yeah, I that I I used to listen to when I was eighteen. Yeah, right. so I just be like, get stuff. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, she's playing Joy Energizer and stuff, and I'm like, get out of town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we were raving to that, at, you know, at, at um, QBH and stuff, you know, back yeah. in the day. Um, yeah, so, so we, uh, when we did meet, I think we, um, I went and saw her at, um, Dusty Kid. Yep. Uh, the uh, week after Rainbow. And we've been together ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you mentioned a bunch of the gigs coming up. She's also closing Babylon. Yeah. Um, which this will go up just before Bab. So some people might be listening to it afterwards or on yep. the drive up, but Saturday, uh, Sunday night. Yep. Let's actually, let's, let's quickly just say where you're playing Babylon. 
Yeah, Thursday night before Khalil and Hatzler. Hatzler's like one of my boss. Absolutely he's boss. boss he's a remix of yeah. Mirage with Andre Winter. Yeah, and, and Allegra also... Chase as well. He's closing on a live yep. set, which is um, going to be amazing. That's he's... on the Saturday night, isn't it? No, that's that's. Oh, that's uh, Thursday afternoon. Yep, that's right. It's yeah. Jai's on the Saturday night. Yep. Um, Adam Wicks and Brenton Chan, 10 o'clock on the Dace Bar Coliseum. I'm yep. lucky enough to be on at 8, so a big shout out to James, Dusty, Kyle, and uh, Chris for having us down there. Yep. Laura is closing after the main stage closes. She's mm-hmm. playing at Dice 8, Bar, 9, think, 10? 8, maybe? Yep. I think, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, pretty much yeah, when yeah, the main yeah, stage yeah, closes, yeah, Laura's getting it going. Yep. yep. So um, we're in for a fun one this weekend. So uh, be safe to everyone who's going to Babylon. And all those listening to After Babylon, I hope you had the rockin'est time. Um, anything else coming up you've got to mention? Or we've, we've ticked it all? Um, yeah, well, we've got Esoteric yep. as well, which is, um, there's a lot of hype around that because yeah. I think they're trying to create that, you know, like, I think it's going to be like the new Maitreya, I think. Yeah. I feel like it. Yeah. Which is um, what the scene is lacking, that original, that's my background. Yeah. Now, I've been going to, Progdorfs and stuff since I was like 13, you know. Yeah. And um, I mean that's that that you know that's the real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you you know yourself. You yeah. Know yourself. That's that's yeah. the real. Um, Dorf, it's in the love. Dorf, you know, yeah. It's a dance floor and. Yeah. And that's the vibe, you know. Yeah, sure. And we'd be neglected if we didn't mention on a techno podcast that pitches that same weekend. So I guess yeah, people course, go yeah, for a pitch. different vibe. Pitches on as well. Yeah. Um. And pitches them. Uh, they're, they're you know novel and stuff. They're kicking goals. Yeah. Always, always have. Well, actually, yeah, but, what, yeah, oh, sorry to cut yeah, you off. Yeah, yeah why not? I don't know who's in Germany when they, when yeah. they put a show on. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, one pitch we didn't get up, but uh, we're going to talk about as far as other sick gigs you've got coming up. And thanks for putting me on the card this time as well. Um, but Disco 2000. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best parties. It's, mo- it's modeled off the movie Party Monster with Macaulay Culkin. If you want to see some outrageous outfits and behavior, that is a movie which you can find on the YouTubes. <laughs> Uh, here's a sexy pic of Lee Boy um, with a rainbow mullet. Shane looks like he's got some very bleached black um, straightened hair with a black back cap on. Um, def- definitely a love heart and some male genitalia drawn on your arms there, <laughs> Lee Boy. Um, so tell us about uh, Disco 2000. How many times have you been involved with that? And um, where is it this year? Well, so Shannon created the brand. Yep. Um, he worked with another guy um, for the first two parties. Yep. Um, I was on the scene, but um, just helped out with logistics. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And general party guy. Um, yeah. They, the guy who he worked with, um, basically got the flick. Yep. Um, and so I stepped in because mm-hmm. um, Shannon. This uh, they they went different ways. Uh, Shannon wanted to take the brand to a different level. Yeah. Um, I stopped stepped by that stage. We were already created Euphoria Berserk, and we were mm. already doing party other parties like um, yeah. Already we started doing it. So and this is um, a no dress up, no entry party. Yeah, strictly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So once I stood on the scene, we took it up a notch, man. Yep. And so, since then, we've had four um, sold out um, parties. Yep. In clubs. Is that about a thousand people? The biggest one was it? A bit less. I think more. Yeah. Right. So where where is it this year? At Bloom. Of course. Yep. Yep. Um, and we've done, we did one in Melbourne mm-hmm. and that was a success. We had, yeah, um, that was at the, bo- the bottom end. Yeah, we had Elliot, yep. child from um, Strawberry, rock up in a banana suit. And <laughs> you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, and like, that was, it's a very hard thing to achieve. So like, we're, we're 
me and Shannon just like, you know, put a lot of time and effort, you know, like I like last night I built like, you know, the spaceship and yep. so I was like really, you know, immerse yourself in this whole like crazy scene and it always seems to go well. Yeah. Are tickets available for that yet? Not yet. No. no. Coming soon, so stay yeah. tuned. You'll know about it. We'll have you know, yep. we, we spare no expense with it. So we create we have like a full promo video and yep. we get everything around it as well, you know. So we need and we make sure that everybody can prep for it and you know because it's important yeah it's, it's not it's not just about the music like and we, we've always kept like a, a certain lineup but we've added you know yeah we have we have an extra room now yep so we've added yours truly Thanks, and mate. a few other close really close friends yeah um which is awesome and yeah. um we've got laura king doing a weapon closing set yeah which i think she's built to do i think yeah so it was april 1st last year it was i think it was called april full slay wasn't it so sorry sum up the disco night in um one sentence Someone who hasn't been that wants to go. Outrageous. That's one word, even though, even better. Outrageous. Was it? Uh, no. What, what do we call it? like? Um, what, we always have a word for it. It's like um, dis- disgustingly glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I do our our natural wrap up, yep. um, I think you've kind of acknowledged most people that have helped you along your journey. Um, is there anyone else that you wanted to, uh, or anything else that? That you wanted to plug um, before we, I guess, say a proper thank you. Um, I, look, I could, I could. Uh, I'm very thankful across the board to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have supported me, being there along the way and stuff. You know what I mean? And you know me, I value I value friendships a lot. So, um, but there's a couple of main people I want to shout out to, um, and one of them, of course, is Laura, mm-hmm. because um, Laura's came into my life and has helped me stabilise myself and yep. you know they've got um, yeah, building a life with somebody is something that I've always like never I've taken very seriously you know yeah. so and um, helps pull but the reins a, a bit too doesn't it and man like we and not a, you know I couldn't you can't you know very, couldn't be any lucky, luckier really yeah. to meet somebody who's also a complete weapon <laughs> yeah like yeah you know, well she she does have better tunes than you uh, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> you don't see me dancing, you know, but like, you know, you'll see me in the front row with a piece of like, you know, bloody Amazonian timber burning. The, you know, like I, I actually really, really. And that, I do tell you what, um, she, she was closing at um, Rainbow, yeah, Nicky yeah. Gunn's crew, and Lee was like an eight-year-old at a Wiggles concert in the front <laughs> row. <laughs> I, I, and honestly, you know, like that's that's you know. She's like my best, you know, one of my best mates. She's like all my best mates. And then, yeah. so yeah, so love you, Laura. Thank, thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> um, so another special mention is, of course, Shannon. Yeah. Um, Shannon is. Um, if it wasn't for Shannon, I would just, I would just be, yeah, I'd still be doing it, whatever. But um, I just, pref- I just think that you know, uh, fate has put us on a journey that's just it's out of control, man. Yep. And Shannon has, you know, helped me reach. Um, he he he's always seen me for who I am, yeah. and he's always just like, you know, he always just, you know, he loves yeah. loves what I do. And I guess some of those experiences you've shared throughout your lives helps make those. Yeah. Um, when you do have a win, like celebrating them that much more special, and having someone like that to share it with. Yeah. Like Rainbow, for example, or yeah, when just, Disco goes well. Just yeah, you know, he's been he's um, we've been by each other's side from day one, man. Yeah. Um. And that's how I see it. Yeah. And we'll be continuous. You know, whatever we do, you know, it's, you know, yeah. So thank you, Shannon. I guess and and, and the way you guys work as well, um, when I'm not necessarily just playing gigs with other mates or 
um, prepping or just even general life. Like it's okay to have a squabble every now and then, but you just like dust yourself off and because um, you know that I guess a good phrase I heard um, from uh, the New Orleans Saints coach going like up to the Super Bowl is like uh, setbacks are just setups for comebacks. Oh, of course. So when something doesn't go too well, it just um, kicks you in the guts to make you work harder. So that when, when something does happen, it's all that more special. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and my dad always said, I always learn the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least I learn. There's, there's three ways to do things. The right way, the wrong way, and the max power way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so strap yourself in and yeah. feel the gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so I love you, Shannon, legend. Um, another special person in my life is um, is Joseph Connor. Ooh. So Joseph Connor helped me. Um, he's funny. Um, I guess because I, I don't know, I've, I've always been like, the kind of, you know, looking after Shannon and stuff like that, whatever. Yeah. Whereas, like, Joey kind of, like, even though I look after him, he um looks at... Uh, how is that? He's calling me. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is calling me. Can you answer? No, I don't know. He's definitely um, an eccentric character, isn't he? Yeah, well, so what so what, what he does is he um looks after me, you know? Yeah, right. So I'm like the old pop. The old pop. And Joey's always, you know, what do you need? Well, anyway, so I, uh, and and like we've. Now he's ringing me. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. Shout out to Joey, man. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 he's he's yeah, he's a weapon as well. Another one of my really close mates. Uh, shout out to Aaron Cashin, as well for helping me um, along the way. And um, you know, he knows exactly what I mean. Yeah. And being there and um, seeing him at Rainbow when we played, you know. Uh, I've never seen someone so passionate and so emotional about me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> you know, and that, well, you can't ask for anything, anything more, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's that support why things like um, his club is so successful and why... He, yeah, he he's one of the best. He, he's, yeah. easily, he's the only person who ever got Jeff Mills in Geelong. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's the most passionate. He's, I reckon he's definitely one of the most... Um, one of the best like freelance booking agents in Australia yeah. for sure and and I know a lot of people that would vouch for that yeah um yeah um I mean you know it's getting nearly it's getting everyone man yeah. he just did uh Patrice Bormel into Patrick Topping you know yeah like that's crazy cool for Geelong yeah anyway so yeah Aaron um my little brother yeah I love my little brother yeah what's um, his name Josh Joshy um he's exactly like me but the complete opposite <laughs> <laughs> I said, I, so he's tall handsome nah smaller than me um, I said the opposite. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh is, uh, I've always, um, Josh has always, my whole life has been the one person that I've always like, um, you know, tried to, I look, yeah, I love my brother. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and so he still is in Geelong? No, nah, he lives in Lawn. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Was and uh, yeah, shout out to Josh Rigg as well and the Fire yep. Alive as well. If anyone's listening, they're a really good underground progressive rock band. Oh, cool. Yeah. They're really, really good. Yep. Um, oh, so yeah. that runs in the family? The, being a well, between me and Josh, yeah, but no one else is. My yeah. dad plays guitar. My dad yeah, taught, did. originally my dad taught us, like, didn't, yeah. he had a guitar and we yeah. just played it. Yeah, my dad used to try and teach me as well. I grew up with all the music everywhere and all, yeah. all I wanted to do was go and play basketball or try and race cars. Yeah, well, DJing is like skateboarding, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's fairly new. Mm. And uh, it's hard to know if you're a, an, uh, like, a talented DJ if there's no one before yeah. you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we are the, we are the, Creation of pioneers um, of the scene. Pioneers. Well, yep. we, we are the we're the second generation, so yeah. it's, that's why um, it's very important. And this is a good thing to end on, to really, really respect yeah. and represent the Australian music scene 
as yeah. professionally as you can. Well, you were mentioning someone last night that you went and saw at St Kilda Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much you respect him? You want to give him a shout? Yeah, so um, good old Shardy. Yep. Michael. Um, Michael, yeah. Um, I'm sure every single person knows who Shardy is if you're in the music industry. Yep. Um, um, but for those that don't or the kids out there? He's basically um, uh, the top, probably one of the top house um, and just general production, EDM, all mm. that sort of stuff, um, and support line yep. for the music industry and has been for the last 10 years. Yep. So he masters a lot of tracks or, or helps. He does. He um, helps everyone, man. Yeah. He does, he's just got his foot. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's he's the Don, as yep. we call it. Yeah, do you, do you he's remember? He's helped with Joey with, you know, with um, Josman tracks and yep. he was like, he's, you know, I mean, he's just there to support and help, you know. Yeah. And, um, and you mentioned something last night that, that you saw in him that kind of helps motivate you. I don't know if you remember what you said. It's funny with me and Shadi because I remember when I first met him, I had an altercation with him. Yeah. Um, I was at Tramp and he, you know, so he was, I was like young as, and I used to just go there and watch him by myself, you know. Yeah. And um, this is like Harlot House back those days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember he was sort of like, you know, basically he was a bit drunk or something maybe and he was just like, oh, yeah, if you want, yeah, basically just, Put the hard word on me. Yeah. And I just turned around and said, fuck you, mate. Mm. Like, you know, mm. like, I like you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that. It's yeah. like, and he probably just thought, who's this little dude? Yeah. And then now, you know, and like, he's always, he, he, he support, you know, support and love for me and Shannon and Joseph. Yeah. And having somebody at his professional level yeah. um, say that, yeah. he knows what he's talking about. And um, yeah, so it's very, yeah. it's very. And you also mentioned how seeing him, sorry, cut you off. How yeah. seeing him make a living out of his career and what he yeah, does yeah. has helped inspire you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I hope I'm, I'm sure he's inspired a lot of people, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And that, and, and yeah, it's like he's he's always on our back, you know. Yeah. So it's good. Very nice, Lee boy. So what I'm going to do now is just ask you what is becoming the final question on the pod. So if you've listened to the other pods, you should know what question's coming. But the way you're looking at me, I think you're a bit stumped. Or he, he plays the start and doesn't get to the end. If you could ask any person, living or dead, any question, who would you ask and what would you ask them? So I'll let you think about it. So I don't have to think about it. Oh, man. go for it then. Who stole my fucking hard drives? <laughs> <laughs> who are you asking that to? I don't know. Anyone who's listening, uh, contact me on. <laughs> That's the question I'll be asking for the rest of my bloody life. Yeah. So thank you a lot to criminals out there that, you know. I said the other day that, um, you know how they say apparently like right before you die and you start to see the light, that your life flashes before your eyes and all the the big moments come through like a end of a movie role. And I'm like, I've always had like big questions about the universe, but kind of the more I dig into sort of some of the answers that I wanted to get, I've realized that I think at the end, the questions, are the, well, all that I'm going to get is like, where I lost my phone? Where Where's I lost my jacket? Where's, <laughs> yeah. Where's all these things? One of the answers that I really need. Well, that's it, yeah. I think I lose them in the glitches between one universe to the other. Too uh, just on the travel. <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, you've nailed that one. Um, well, thanks a lot. Uh, Anyone who wants to hear more of Lee Boy, probably the most recent thing you can find is on the SoundCloud with Hands Down. Uh, they're set from Rainbow, also a couple of sets from Bloom, Strawberry Fields. That's all on the SoundCloud at Lee Boy. Yep. Um, also find, uh, just search Euphoria Berserk, E-U-P-H-O-R-I-E space B-E-Z-I-R-K. 
Uh, also, you can find him on Facebook at Lee Boy Rig, Instagram, uh, Lee underscore Boy, yeah. Recovery Collective, Alta, Morning After. Have I missed anything? Yeah, when I was doing shout outs, um, did I shout out Jai? No, oh. no, we, we talked a bit about Jai before, but no. But yeah, yeah, just yeah, quick, sure. just quick shout out to Jai. Yeah. Jai, you know, Jai's, Jai's everybody one knows. One of the hardest working men in the game. Yeah, man, he's the, yeah. he's the support. Um, yeah. yeah, support for everybody, and um, yeah, so I had to make sure that yeah he gets a big mention and big love to him, bro. Yeah, and he's a man to go to whether it's um yep. trying and to get a gig if you need yep. um a promo flyer done or some artwork yep. or. Um, Even if you have tracks or like, you know, yep. uh, he, he's a busy man, but I'm sure that if you have a legitimate question to ask about yeah. music or, or yep. direction or flying overseas yeah. <laughs> or anything really, yep. um, he'll definitely, he's definitely the man to talk to. Yeah, and he's and, one of those guys who, who, who um, just like professional in the way of like, um, he'll always reply pretty much straight away. Yep. Whether he can help you on the spot or not, he'll just be like, oh, I'll get back, like, let's catch up, whatever. Just don't ask too many complex questions because he'll lose sleep. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it cool alright well thanks um, thanks again Mr Rig thank yeah. you to uh, DJ producer of our pod here Julian you can listen to Julian on Kiss FM Thursday nights what time Julian yeah, 8.30 to 10pm 8.30 to 10 one of the best um, yeah. one of the best producers in Australia yep. for uh, sure uh, you can find Perspective on SoundCloud some of the nicest style you'll hear it'll unlock your mind whilst making your feet bop um, their show on Kiss FM they do a different uh, country in the world each week for Psytrance, so you'll definitely Amazing. learn a little bit more in the scene. Um, to finish up, mm. oh, everyone knows where to find the TV podcast now, I hope, otherwise they wouldn't be listening to it. Yeah. But as we also are accustomed to, do you remember our other custom that we do? Yeah, because you listen to every episode. Wine? Bottle, yeah, wine. Yeah. Um, I wonder that's what gave it away. So I try, and make, <laughs> I try and make it relevant. Um, so this one is a, a Cab Sav, again, not sponsored by the pod, but... Um, yeah, I just find one that has a, a cute name that I think will help us get us all um, nice and dancing later. Yeah. But this one, the quote is, when gentlemen know how to behave. Yeah. You might be called Lee Boy. Yeah. But, mate, this one's Gentleman's Collection because you've been an absolute pleasure to have today. Thanks, brother. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, all the best Thanks, for the future career. Uh, yeah. I look forward to playing many fun gigs with you. Yeah, man. And, uh, and just all the fun that we have together is unreal. Yeah, it's I appreciate you making the time for this. Yep. Um, and let's just keep killing it. As as the quote was last night, when I asked him about how to get how to prepare for a gig, he goes, "You know how we roll, we just fucking slam it." <laughs> so, so let's just keep slamming it, mate, and uh, and all the best. Yeah, thanks, Trent. No thanks, worries, Julian. Mate. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks. Thank you once again to Mr. Lee Boy, Lee Rig, for popping down to the TV podcast studios, and uh, not only taking us on the journey throughout his career, but also imparting some excellent advice for any young DJs producers or event organizers out there you can find more of lee boy on soundcloud at lee boy uh, or also on the euphoric berserk the label he runs with mr hands down that page also has their recent set from rainbow serpent 2019 where the guys absolutely rinsed it on the market stage sunday morning thanks for everyone for listening all the way through you can find more of us at trendoff.com all those pictures are there at trendoff.com slash And we look forward to episode two of season two with some massive international guests coming in hot from headlining at Rainbow Serpent 2019 and on their way to Earth Frequency Festival. So look forward to that one next week. Thanks for tuning in. Abregados. Vamos. Peace, love and rainbows, baby. Ow, ow, ow.